All right. Welcome, Welcome back. back. It's uh Three Stooges basketball podcast. Um we've all been chatting up the storm for the last like what I don't even know, probably like 30 yeah. minutes at this point. Yeah. We've so honestly we probably should just hit record the second we hop in here because we just get the crazy stuff out early. So honestly, all the best stuff is probably before we even start recording this thing. So maybe we should just like, you know, OnlyFans this thing, you know, just get OnlyFans for like the first 30 only, minutes, you know. Only stooges. Yeah, only only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we yeah. should release a uh, uncut episode where we we just kind of mash up the best of the like twenty minutes prior, and, and put it behind the paywall. Just three series uncut. I, I'm I'm almost afraid of like one who would buy that and two what the response would be to that because I, I don't oh, know. Be great. Might, we would, would have no great. problem getting blocked after. We'd have no problem getting blocked after that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, we would, uh, it would not be pretty, probably. It yeah, would be no, I mean, yeah, Eric would probably get us thrown off of all um podcast <laughs> platforms in, on the planet, and we would have to just like start doing this, start burning this onto CDs and just sending it, selling them on street corners or something. I think that's probably <laughs> would be the, the logical next step for us. But um, anyway, well, there's a whole lot we didn't actually talk about last week because uh, the day that we recorded last week, Eric and I both went to pretty like entertaining games between like two of the best teams and you know their respective like divisions classes whatever you want to call it depending on where you are um so we'll we'll get to that we'll have some college basketball stuff to talk about and i'm sure eric's got some stuff to complain about at some point or another always so yeah yeah if if, if there's some constant in this world and one of them's eric complaining about something so you know where, where do you want to start let's start with the college side of things first because uh obviously you know a lot of conference games are underway a lot of uh, a lot of interesting happenings around the, the Big Ten, Horizon League, stuff like that, or even the Valley, pretty much everywhere. I don't even want to go through a list of all conferences. You know what I'm talking about. College basketball is like completely underway in conference play. So what do y'all got to talk about? Um, I want to give an award, like a split an award, like a co-winner of, wow, you're terrible this year so far, oh. um, to the Illinois women's basketball team and Cody McMahon. <laughs> you both are terrible oh. this year. You both have been terrible this year. Like, the fact that Cody McMahon's on my fantasy team chaps my ass every single day. Like she has been <laughs> awful this year. Like her, her, uh, Michael from Rutgers haven't even played, and she probably is better than her right now. I'm probably getting more stats from her sitting on the bench than I do Cody McMahon's dumbass shooting two for ten. I'm sorry, I'm bitter. You were expected to be the best sophomore in the class. Marbron has by far past you by far past you the row williams has by far past you i don't know if she's a sophomore or not but she's a sophomore <laughs> whatever happened to cody mcmahon and whatever happened to illinois you both are terrible congrats co-winners for big 10 you've been terrible so far well, well i'm starting, I'm starting well, off with well, the fastball right the dumb, yeah yeah can huh? i well, can I at least say this? Um, she still, uh, according to Eric, still has the best teeth in the Big Ten, which has oh, to count for something, right? Hundred percent, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful teeth. I hope she's not smiling a lot lately because she's been playing terrible. But like, well, maybe she heard you draft her to your fantasy team, and she's like, you know what? Oh, that I might don't really want to. <laughs> Next year, we got to implement like dumping a player. No, no, it's actually a dynasty <laughs> league now, so you're stuck with her till she graduates. <laughs> God, I hope you graduate. Graduate early. Go some, go to dental school. I don't care. Go home. Oh, that's funny. Oh, Lord. Um, and then we'll get back to my normal favorite team, Gophers. Now that I've had time to digest and step away, and I think I've, you know, and Mason, brace yourself. I think I'm going to say something in this little speech here that I never thought I would say in terms of Brady is right. It won't happen often. Just saying. <laughs> 
the oh Maryland game. I mean, worth it's getting. They got. I always say Mallory Hire and Grace Krahalki got very, very good looks against Maryland. They're wide open. But to quote Brady, and where Brady is accurate, it's starting to become a reason. It's starting to become a situation where there's a reason they are open. They're not hitting. They went one for five and one for seven against Maryland. A lot of those were open. Sophie Hart was, to be honest, and this shocks me to say this, not that I didn't think she was good. Sophie Hart has been the second best player for the Gophers in their three Big Ten games behind LeBron Mamba, who's carrying the weight of the world on her team again this year, unfortunately, because <laughs> her point guard loses her mind in Big Ten play. These two yahoos can't hit a jump shot to save their life, and apparently Sophie can't play more than four minutes at a time. So Marbron's carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders. In the Maryland game, you were right there, most of it. I mean, started out really good. 20 turnovers is going to usually bury you pretty quick against a team like that. Doesn't help that Maryland found their three-point shot, especially their center, who came into the game with six and hit three in the first quarter. So apparently she's Steph Curry that day. Um, but at some point, Mallory or Grace have to hit those threes or they're gonna just going to keep being open and Mara's just going to have the weight of the world and all the defensive attention on her. Um, I would love if when they play Michigan tomorrow, if the same Michigan team who went one for nine from three their last game would show up. I'm going to take a wild guess and say I don't think that happens. Just a wild guess. Um, but your next four games of being at Michigan, home against Nebraska, at Indiana, home against Michigan State, I'm not sure where you're going to find a win in there. I'm hoping you can maybe find a way to get a win in there. Brady thinks that they're better than that. With how we're playing right now, you're not – I mean, in conference play, you're getting six points from Grace per game, seven points from Mal per game, and Amaya's giving you 13 points per game on, for some reason, 17 shots per game in, in the three Big Ten games. I don't know why all of a sudden Amaya wants to start chucking up shots like she's, you know, lost her mind, but Godspeed. Uh, Mara, keep doing you. We got you. Like, we're here. And Sophie, you can play more than – you can play more than three or four minutes. And that's not to you. That's your coaches, who I love our coaches. Sophie did not look gassed. She, she could have played more, and we needed to play more. That's my little speech on the Gophers right now. Eric mm, getting a little testy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I don't know what it is with um, with, a, with Amaya. And I've always kind of felt this way. Like, something's always felt a little off there i don't know if like mason can attest to that or or if that's just me just having like a weird kind of like vibe discrepancy of her i guess i don't really know but every now and again like she'll just have these games where it's like like i just don't even know like what she's really thinking <laughs> like granted like shots haven't really been falling for minnesota so like i don't really know like how often like you can call someone for pull up free throw line jumpers bad um but i would it just take feels free like throw line. i would take free throw line jumpers <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's like definitely like better shots that they could find. And even if I go to her, um, go to her, uh, this basketball reference page, like her offensive rating is like kind of atrocious. Like it's a 75.6 per 100 possessions, which is like kind of crazy. Granted, it's three games in a big time play, but last year it was 77.8. So, um, for whatever reason, like per 100 possessions, like it has not been pretty for her. I mean, last year for like it's same, same, same line, she's averaged like seven and a half assists for 40 minutes or for 100 possessions, I should say. So, like, I don't know. There's something that's off there. And I guess, like, the eye test kind of bears it out a little bit. But I don't know. I think the biggest issue that Minnesota has is that 
at that lead guard spot, there's just a lot of inconsistency there. And I mean, even if you want to talk about him, you can talk about Janae Sanders even a little bit there as well. Um, but that's kind of where the problem is. If they can get good, if they can get good or at least league average play there, they're going to be fine. But the problem is they're not getting anywhere near that right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I, th- I think that's like the spot I have my eye on most. Because with Grace Krahalski, she's a kid who's going to hit shots eventually. I, I just like refuse to believe that she won't. Um, it's just going to be a matter of her getting the ball and like kind of within the flow of an offense. And it doesn't really feel like there's a good flow right now, um, at least from the outside looking. Is that something you'd agree with, Eric? I mean, the th- that's the thing of like, because I sound like a broken record because it, Grace and Mal got open looks because literally the def- Maryland said, we'll let you shoot. And we're going to, because Sophie was eating them alive. They're like, we're going to let you two shoot. And I understand also another thing on terms of Amaya, I don't, part of it probably is defensive funneling torture. They probably are wanting her to take the shot that she's taking, or they're, they're wanting her to shoot and they'll live with her jumpers until she hits them. And I, I get like part of that is defensive for, you know, making sure Mara gets the ball out of her hand. She's getting doubled almost every screen. So not even screen. They're not helping Mara at all this year because they're just doubling throwing her and they're the defense doesn't give a rat what's happening between the four yahoos behind her. And so my thing is in terms of Maya, it's, the shots, yes, I, but I will live with Amaya being aggressive offensively because the thing is what's what's so frustrating is like she just from her like her passing, she can make the hard passes in tight windows on the move and make them on the money on the spot dime boom pretty. Have her have a wide open like direct pass to a person, it's a wild roller coaster that you don't know where the hell that ball's getting thrown to like. As Brady has talked about, AJ, love AJ. She's very, very, very raw. So Amaya decided to throw a half court, I can only call it a bullet, because she put it at about 10,000 miles an hour for AJ to try and catch. It went right through AJ's hand. The only person on this team that's catching that ball that fast like that is Mallory Heyer and maybe Mara Braun. They are maybe going to catch it because they've played with you long enough and Mallory's just a vacuum. She's going to catch everything that comes in her way. Why are you throwing it at a freshman who's raw the way it is and you think that's the best path to do? Put a little less oomph on it. Maybe take some of a thousand miles off it or something. Like, what the hell? But don't get me wrong, in the run at the end, when they're making their run and they're on a 6-0 run, got steals, got momentum, she's dropping dimes in between three defenders to Mallory Heyer for a reverse layup. That she hits perfectly. But ask her to do a direct layup to AJ for, you know, who's wide open under the basket a thousand miles an hour and she's whipping it like there's no tomorrow i'm yeah i I mean well just just uh, just to go just to go back to kind of what you're talking about like i i've had basketball reference pulled up since before this podcast because we were talking about some other stuff so i'm just going through some of the advanced numbers here that that they have and granted like a lot of the advanced numbers basketball wise like they're not as like they're not uh, like, you know, a hard and fast rule. Like, Hey, if you're, you have a high number, this means you're good. It just kind of gives you a little bit of context. Um, so like just in general, um, I looked up the one, the defensive box plus minus, which is definitely like a stat that's kind of goofy. Cause it's a lot of like box score, like steals, like block stuff like that. Um, like that goes into it. Um, 
all Minnesota players are, are really good um, outside of like uh, everyone's a positive on the defensive end outside of Brent Sennon, who's obviously the walk on who's like not playing a ton. So that's like not a big deal. Um, then you go to the offensive box plus minus, which is like, again, a lot of box score stats that kind of go into kind of judging that number. Um, Mar Braun is like far and away, like the best kid. Like she has like basically no. almost double like the the next like highest kid. But then like, you know, you you're, you have your four starters or you have your five starters that are like one through five. And, you know, Sophie Hart's at 5.4. Grace Crossy's at four five and Mal's at three four. And then you have uh, Amaya who's under one, um, which kind of goes to show that like offensively, like there's like definitely a drop off there. Um, even with Grace and Mal not hitting shots, like they have been significantly better offensive pieces than Amaya has been so far this year. And I think that is like kind of alarming. And um, I, again, I I think the the biggest the biggest thing is going to be Amaya just playing better. Like if Amaya plays better, they're going to be significantly better. Um, but well, like without we that about, happening, it's there never should be a game where Amaya Battle and Mara Braun took the same amount of shots. Never, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> Unless Amaya or where Amaya had don't more. Tell Amaya that <laughs> there should never. I don't. There should never be a game where those two are shooting the exact same amount of times. Never in a million years. Amaya. At best, should be 10 shots a game. If she's really hot, maybe more. But her should be drive to the lane. Her should be that I will take that free throw line jumper because that's hers. What I will not take is, for some reason, the stupidest shot in basketball, the long two with barely a toe over the line or, like, your foot's, like, half over the line. Like, those are the stupidest shots, especially then when they're long rebounds. And especially against Maryland, you didn't have many people going back on the glass anyway because you had Grace, Amaya, and Mara backtracking it to try and get stop fast breaks. Mal and Sophie were rebounding against three people. And God bless Sophie Hart. You have been excellent in Big Ten play. You have like your three games, you've been 13 points, 13 points, 14 points, nine rebounds, six rebounds, six rebounds. That's all we need from Sophie Hart. Mara Braun can get the 20, her 20 points. But, you know, I said, when Mara's hitting five threes and the rest of the team is hitting at best one or two threes, you're in trouble. You are in big time trouble when Mara has to be the kind of like last year. It's Mara, and then it's like, what else do we have? I never thought I would say Brady is right, but at some point, there's a reason Grace and Mal are open until they prove them wrong. We need that soon. Yeah, and but the thing though with those with those two is they kind of have to shoot them because if they don't shoot, there's legitimately no spacing on the court, and it's not like they're getting help from their bench right now. So they have to shoot. Like it's not really, it's not really an option um, at this point. Because what are what are we about? Getting close to the halfway point on the year, and you know they've kind of shown that we're only three of eighteen. We still have fifteen conference games. We're only three. Well, just in general, just in general over the normal like regular season, um, like they've clearly shown that they're going to ride those starting five till basically the till basically the sunsets. So I I don't really I don't really see anything changing outside of like you know. Um, Amaya has to play better and Mal and Grace just have to hit some open like it's not that they have to make all of them they just can't miss all of them and they've kind of been very close to missing all of them for the last like you know I don't even know how long extended period of time so once if like those are two things that need to change and I feel like those are very like fixable things like hey Maya stop shooting so much <laughs> um just keep creating like even if she turns the ball over four or five times as long as she's like creating like open shots I don't think anyone's going to really care um, it's just, a, it's just, you're turning the ball over eight times and also shooting three for eight, times. three for 15. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you can't do both of those things. Um, but yeah, I, I think that they'll be fine. I think they're just figuring out how to win still in, in the big ton. 
Um, and I think that they're not super far off. Um, like they played well with Maryland for most of that game. Um, Iowa's a different beast you kind of expected. Maybe Eric didn't expect, but because he still had some hope going into that game. He didn't um, expect that. I thought yeah, they'd be he, at least competitive. He, yeah. Well, you know, that's not that tends to be not what Iowa likes to do in the Big Ten. But um yeah, I think they'll figure it out in in due time. They they're just young and they're still figuring out how to you know kind of how Don wants them to play and kind of how to win in the Big Ten. But once once they turn that corner though, they're going to be that way for like two plus years. So, Mara Brian, you're still the best. Uh, is, is there um, anything you want to talk about, Mason, before we get to Wisconsin and Eric and just like start um, telling telling me that Wisconsin's just bad and they should just fold the program? Like, is there anything you want to touch on? Yeah, so not before I just Illinois goes. I just wanted to add on that quickly. Um, I've I've obviously been sitting here and listening. Uh, my thoughts differ a little bit from what you guys are kind of saying. Um, where, you know, in, in conference, you have a baseline now so far for Minnesota specifically of playing uh, Purdue, who is a, a pretty solid defensive team. Um You've played Iowa, who's, you know, the best team in the Big Ten right now. And you've played Maryland, who, you know, while they probably aren't having the year that they expected and, and some people expected, they're still very good. So you've played, you know, some of the, the better teams besides Purdue in the Big Ten. So you've got a sample size of three. Um, I think that, you know, Grace has kind of always been a little bit of a streaky shooter. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's really going to change. You know, she's one for seven, one for six, the last two games. But the two games before, she went three for four and three for five. Uh, and then she only attempted one against Purdue. And then the game before that, she went five for seven. Um, but then she went two for nine and then went five for eight. So, like, she's just going to be streaky, I think, for her entire, you know, career. Uh, but, you know, even with being streaky like that, you know, she's still shooting 34% from, from beyond the arc, which – you know, for a freshman in the Big Ten isn't, you know, the worst number. Uh, and same with Mallory. She's been, you know, not great shooting the ball this year. Obviously, um, she's shooting the ball better this year, though, than she did last year by almost 6%. So, you know, I don't think she's ever going to be, you know, a 40% three-point shooter anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not really surprised that, you know, she's someone that, has been going two for five, two for five, one for five, you know, almost every game. Um, and then with Amaya, like, yeah, her, her, the ball is in her hand a lot. Um, you know, against Iowa, like she had an okay game, but no one really had a good game for Iowa or for, for Minnesota against Iowa. Um, and then, you know, against Maryland, like that's one of the better defensive, you know, guards that she'll see all year long. Um, and so, yeah, she had eight turnovers, had a had a really bad game. But I don't, I don't buy what you guys are saying about her shooting too much. Like the last two games have been the best teams that they've played, and, and obviously there's a different defensive game plan because she shot 17 shots and 16 shots in the past two games. You know, before that, she had shot 16 shots one time, and that was against Purdue, which, again, another Big Ten team. So Big Ten teams are obviously taking the game plan that Minnesota 
wants to run kind of out of it. And so they just need to figure out, you know, how to get better shots. I, I don't like, she's not a bad shooter. She's shooting 40% from the floor. Uh, and for a guard, that's not, you know, terrible, not good, but not terrible. Uh, and she's not putting up a ton of three pointers either. You know, she's, she's attempted like one and a half maybe per game. Uh, but, but as we know, she's, you know, she's not a three point shooter anyway. Um, you know, she's shooting 25% from three. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a, an Amaya thing is, is she's just hoisting up shots. I think it's more of the big 10 teams as we've seen, because in the three games she's attempted 16, 16, 17 shots. Um, they're taking away what Minnesota wants to do offensively. And Amaya is having open shots and she's taking them, um, you know, against Iowa, she made seven of them. So like, it's not and scored 16 points. And had five assists and five steals and two turnovers. So, like, to me, that's a pretty good game in 32 minutes. Um, but against Maryland, obviously one of the more athletic teams in the Big Ten, you know, she had eight turnovers, was three for 16, uh, you know, did shoot five or three threes and also fouled out. Um, mm-hmm. So I would just like to see a little bit more, um, you know, of a sample size from her because it's, it's very obvious that, the game is different in the big 10. I think for every conference, once you get into conference play, the game's going to be different because teams know what you're trying to do. Even though Don is, um, you know, a first year coach, she has a history at the division one level of doing the same things where every stop she's been at. Um, and also having a offensive player that she would like to rely on. Um, you know, she had that at West Virginia. She had that at, South Dakota, uh, and teams tried to defend those teams the exact same way they're getting defended now in the Big Ten. So I say all that to say, yeah, I just want to see a little bit more sample size just to see how it evens out when you're not playing, you know, the two of the top four or five teams in the Big Ten and then a pretty solid defensive Big Ten team. And Amaya is also playing more minutes in these Big Ten games than she has all year long. Like, in her past five games, she's played 37 against Purdue and then 19 and 17 and then 32 and 39. So, you know, I would I would assume that fatigue sets in a little bit when, you know, you go from playing 36 total minutes to two games later playing 39 minutes in a game. So I would just like to Fair. see where we're at next week, see how it looks over the next week or week or two weeks. And then, you know, if she's still hoisting up, 15 17 shots then yeah something something probably needs to get fixed there yeah i mean just just to close like my thoughts out just a little bit here um obviously like amaya like she's she was miss basketball in minnesota for a reason which is definitely not something that you know a lot of uber talented kids in minnesota get to be um so there's obviously a ton of talent there it's just that for me at least there's been a a, a trend where it's it's not you know, it, there's not red flags yet, but there's definitely things to be concerned about. Um, because even when last year things weren't going very well, like you could tell that there was things that Mara brought. You could tell there was a lot of things that Mal still brought, but there is still like the, the same issues that we're having now are the same issues that Amaya had last year. Um, so it's just one of those Hang things pretty, to I'm, me at least. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. And I want to ask you, what are some of those things? Like what's one thing that, so the trend. turnovers is still always has always been an issue at the okay at the, so to push the, back the, on that to push back on that 
in her last five games, she's had two turnovers, two turnovers, zero turnovers, two turnovers. And then obviously against Maryland, she had eight, which is her worst game of the year. So I personally wouldn't necessarily call that a turnover trend. It's one, But it's one of those things where, like, for me, you have turnovers that are just like, you know, her throwing the ball away or her, um, you know, just passing it to someone on the other team. But then you also have, like, the shots that I would just consider bad shots, which I would also consider a turnover because to me it's just a waste of a possession. Um, and I still think that there's a lot of that in her game. Like, I think there's a lot of uh, – just wasted possessions with with her having the ball in her hand. No, granted, there's games where she'll go out there and she'll look like the best kid on the court, which is why like you still want to keep playing her. And this is her first year with Dons. There's obviously still like a lot for her to learn. Um, and you know, they're still again figuring out how to win in Big Ten games, which they haven't done before. So you know, it's to me, it's there's still like issues of maybe not turnovers, but wasted possessions. I would say with with her having the ball, and I would say that those are stuff that's concerning, but not alarming quite yet, um, because they haven't really been pushed a ton with with Don at the helm yet. So again, I I get what you're saying, kind of wait a while still, but I would say a lot of the the wasted possessions from last year are still carrying over this year. Um, so it's something that uh, I at least am you know kind of curious to see if that levels out at some point because if not then that's going to be something that's going to have to get addressed at, at some point whether it be through agreeing or transfer portal stuff because you can't have that as as a lead guard who's you know has the ball in her hand that much um you kind of want a little bit more out of that at least i would think but that's just me personally sophie hart i love you you've been fantastic yeah i i would i would say that i think her shooting over 40 percent in like six of the last eight games shows that it's not like a ton of wasted possessions, but I also don't really want to talk about this for like 10 more minutes. So fair, fair enough. You got to talk about Wisconsin. Well, we can, yeah. we can give a shout out to Drake first before we go to Wisconsin. Oh. Uh, first, <laughs> first three, no start surprisingly to me, at least uh, in, in the Valley in the last five years. Um, they beat, you know, they had they had an easy schedule to start the, you know, their first five games are pretty cupcake-ish. You know, they've they've beaten Southern Illinois by 20. They beat Evansville by 10, which was a little closer than I think, you know, you would think it would be um, since Evansville's 2-12. and 12. Uh, And then Indiana State, you know, they, they beat by 30 uh, last week as well. And now they've got Valpo and UIC who, you know, Valpo's 1-11 and UIC's you know, right around 500, um, but but obviously not a top half top half team in the valley. Um, so shout out to them. There's you know a big group up at the top uh, of of the valley again this year in Murray State, Missouri State, Belmont, Drink, all three and O. Northern Iowa is finally getting back on the winning trail as I had projected them to last week. Uh, they did lose to Missouri State. I think we talked about on our last second shot. But um, they did end up beating Evansville and Indiana State last week by 30 and six points. Uh, and also, like Drake, have UIC and Valpo sh- and should go um, 2 and 0 in those games. So um, once once we get into the week of the uh, like 15th through 21st, 22nd ish, that's when we'll see, you know, some shifting because Northern Iowa and Drake both play Murray State and Belmont that week. And then the following week, both play Illinois State and Bradley. Um, and so we'll see a little bit of movement, I think, at the top of the valley there. Um, but shout out to Northern Iowa for, for finally getting two wins in a row. 
this year. It's been a long time coming. Um, but the the biggest part is that they're playing, you know, much more efficiently. They're learning how to play without Grace Buffelli, who's out with an injury still. Um, and obviously they're not the talent level of the teams they're playing isn't as high as their non conference because they did schedule um a very tough non-conference schedule where they played South Dakota State and Creighton and Iowa State and Syracuse and Ball State, who's pretty good, Green Bay, Iowa. Um so they they their non-conference schedule was predicated on them being fully healthy. And when they were, they beat Green Bay, who is obviously very good. Uh and then once they got unhealthy, they started losing some games. So we'll see how it goes. But they have a chance to turn around and you know still obviously when the Missouri Valley, when, when, and if Grace Buffelli gets back, I'm not sure how long she's going to be out for, though. So, you want me to give a quick run through on the on the Wisconsin first Big Ten win of 23-24? Is that is is it that time? Don't they have two? No, they they lost oh. the first three. Never they lost to Purdue, Iowa, and I don't know why I can't think of the Nebraska. 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 Yep, Nebraska. So they oh, lost their first three. Hang on, sorry. I forgot to mention one thing on Northern Iowa real quick. Um, so she has like a arm injury, shoulder injury, um, and has participated in warm-ups apparently. So I would assume she is going to be coming back soon. Um, but in the meantime, Northern Iowa did add another player to their team to make up for an absence. Um, Emily Holterhouse who is a volleyball player um, has moved over to the basketball team now that her you know volleyball career is over uh, and in her debut scored 11 points. So they brought a volleyball player over to fill in and she has been solid so far, but um, it obviously will help when Grace comes back. But, um, to have a 6'2 forward who's played high school basketball at a pretty high level before uh, and was a, you know, a Division One recruit, I remember, um, back in high school. Uh, it's, it's nice to have her to be able to come in and, and play. As, uh, my, my set to talk about this Wisconsin game for a quick second before Eric just butts in and just uh, says they're terrible and they should all quit basketball and they have no future. Is that correct? Okay, well, <laughs> um, well, obviously, Soro, um, as she's known on this pod, uh, <laughs> Williams, um, was the best player on the court in that Illinois game. I mean, she finished with 27 and 15, and it also helped that Ronnie Porter just continues to do a bit of everything. I mean, she finished with 14, 12, um, eight assists and five steals, so she flirted with the triple-double and, you know, 10, you know, a, a little bit of a ways off, but, you know, at least is in this kind of ballpark of a, of a punch below. But it just kind of shows, like, how – how much of an impact that she's had on the court since she's kind of been given the range. She played all 40 minutes in, in that one against uh, Illinois. And she was very, very good in all those minutes against Illinois. And, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, even when I was first described her as like a, as, as a player, like last year when she was a walk-on um, it kind of felt like that was something that wasn't going to really come of anything and not really much was expected of her. Um, but now she's legitimately a kid that Wisconsin can't take off the floor. Like if they take her off the floor, like her and or Soro off the floor is like a serious issue for them that they just can't really recover from. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, those are pretty much the two kids that did all the damage. I mean, you had Sanaya Copeland go two for 12. Um, so rough game from her. Um, Natalie Leisinger, who had a good game against Purdue and, you know, solid one against Nebraska, if I remember right. She was one for six, so not great. And then Hallie Douglas, you know, played 30 minutes and took a couple shots and she was two for four. But then even off the bench, like Tessa Grady played probably the most minutes she's played all year, went two for eight, knocked down a couple threes and grabbed some rebounds. Then Anna Guillen played four minutes. So pretty much all the damage was done by um, uh, Soreau and Ronnie Porter. Um, and yeah, I mean, the fact that those are two kids that you can count on to like help you win some of these big 10 games is kind of insane. And, you know, they're not, obviously they're not healthy right now, either with Brooks Framick being out with some kind of an injury and Deanna Semenes didn't play in that one either. Um, but uh, she didn't play against Illinois. Oh, she played the whole yeah, game. She played against Illinois. Oh. Yeah, she, they said they, on the broadcast, it said she got hurt at some point in that game. I don't know when, but she played like the end of it. So I don't know if she had like something like flare up afterwards or what, but yeah. So down a couple kids and going on the road and getting a big 10 win is obviously something that's very, you know, crucial for Wisconsin is trying to, you know, turn the corner here a little bit this year, heading into Mosley's uh, third or well, this is her third year heading into her third and fourth season when you kind of really hope something is going to, you know, change for them. Um, but yeah, overall good win for, for Wisconsin against the Illinois team who's been, Kind of struggling a little bit this year, given how they played last year. Um, but regardless, it's uh, a win that keeps Wisconsin above 500 and uh, gives them some momentum going into the game this week against Northwestern. But oh, that's a win. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you hate Northwestern? They're terrible. <laughs> I don't they hate just them. Beat, they're just, they just they're terrible. Huh? Did they didn't they just beat someone like a week ago? Who? Uh, I thought did they not? Oh, I'm sure they won a big time. Did they beat Rutgers? Yeah. Yeah, it must have been. Well, Rutgers is terrible, too. <laughs> uh, Eric just hates everyone in the Big Ten. Everyone's terrible. Everyone's terrible in the Big Ten. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the, the Wisconsin update. One and three in the Big Ten, heading into a game against Northwestern where, you know, it's as must win as you're going to get in in uh, in Wisconsin territory because, uh, you know, it's a team that you're kind of not expected to beat. But, you know, obviously last year they split. So, you know, obviously not a given. So, um, we'll be we'll be interesting to see uh, how that one plays out coming up, but that's that's my brief Wisconsin update. Um, if there's anything you guys want to add to that, make your layups or hit rim at least. <laughs> Not in Wisconsin, um, but shout out to Iowa State. Uh, Ooh, they have win. been playing very good this year so far, uh, for the circumstances uh, of being very young. I know we talked about it at length early on when they were sitting at two and three and kind of then stopped talking about them, but they're eight and one over the last nine games uh, and have a big game on Wednesday night um, as they host West Virginia. And then on, I think it's Saturday, they host Baylor. So, you know, if, if not, not even winning those games, but if they can stay competitive in those games, especially probably against Baylor, um, you know, that's that's a real like confidence boost going into, um, you know, kind of the last or t- into the last half of the month where they play Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas, and then they play at West Virginia again. And then they end with uh, Oklahoma State, two of those teams they've already beat this year. Um, and so, you know, they could be sitting, you know, top four or so in the Big 12 if they can, you know, maybe steal one of these next two games. Because their schedule, you know, isn't that daunting over the next six games after that. 
Um, but they've been playing very good. Um, you know, the three and zero in the Big Twelve, tied for first place. Uh, Audie Crooks has been uh, outstanding oh, this year. I think much better than a lot of people maybe expected. Uh, you know, I always wondered about her uh, ability to play against height because she is only about six two, and you know, in the Big Twelve, there are some pretty big. Uh, tall post player so I just wondered you know about how she would be able to adjust and it did take her a couple of games um, but you know over the past month month and a half really ever since the calendar turned to um, December she's been tremendous like extremely good Um, and, and this is in limited minutes too she's only playing about 20 to 25 minutes a game uh, but she's still leading the team in scoring, um, you know, grabbing anywhere from seven to ten rebounds a game. Um, she showed the ability if if you're not guarding her out on the three point line, that she'll take them and she'll knock them down. Um, you know, she had a big game uh, against BYU, um, where she had thirteen and nine, and and that was big for her because BYU has a post player that's pretty solid, pretty good. Uh, she played pretty well against Kansas. Uh, obviously, in the Kansas game, the height did affect her a little bit as she was only three for 10 because they do have, um, you know, pretty big post player, um, one of Brady's favorite players since she's on his fantasy team. Um, that, that would be correct. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, you know, she went three for 10 and then turned around, went five for 12 for the next game and scored 13 points. So uh, they've been really, really solid this year. I think, like I said earlier, better than expected uh but Addie brown has also been great um she's a freshman who's averaging 15 points nine rebounds and five assists she'll be you know she she's one of the top five freshmen i would say in the country um probably going to be um you know in the conversation for big 12 freshman of the year um just just by virtue of stats and if if iowa state keeps up their play so far you know i don't think it's out of the question at all um and so you know they they have a chance here in the next two weeks three weeks to do some some pretty good stuff uh to give them momentum going into february and uh obviously then into march uh february their schedule does get quite a bit tougher um but we'll see but they've been they've been good so far. Um, just to just to ask you a little bit more um about that. I mean, having three freshmen start and also having Hannah um Bellinger, who is hasn't played division one basketball before, like they're starting four kids who had zero division one experience coming into this year. Like I just kind of want to ask, like, how at least in, in your opinion, kind of how like incredible is the job that they've done there with that group, given the fact that they have had like not really a whole lot of kids who have played power five basketball in, in the past like like how like just how good of a job like has have they done over there yeah it's been pretty crazy i think you know preseason they projected to finish like ninth i think in the big 12 and they're they're sitting here you know three and oh uh i i think that the coaching has been phenomenal just in getting the best and putting the kids in positions to uh make plays and and obviously you know there's some hiccups here and there uh, just because, you know, they're, like you said, they have 
six freshmen that play. Um, you know, they have an NII transfer. They have a Sacramento State transfer. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is that Emily Ryan, who's, you know, one of the better point guards in the Big 12, has been out for, you know, 60% of the season so far uh, and has just come back within the past, you know, three weeks uh, and and really isn't playing as much as you would you would have expected her to. You know, she's she's only playing about 15 minutes a game. Uh, and so they're still really kind of giving the reins to uh, the freshmen. Uh, but they're they're playing well um, for, you know, what you would have expected. Uh, and then just speaking on those freshmen specifically, you know, Audie Crooks has been really good. We talked about her. Oh, Addie Brown has been really good as well. We talked about her. Um, Hannah has, has come in. She was supposed to be a three-point shooter. Uh, she's shot the ball pretty well. I mean, I think she's lived up to her her billing is they wanted you know more three point shooting, and she's shooting thirty nine percent from from the perimeter. So you know they have that with her. Um, Kelsey Jones, another freshman, shooting over forty percent from beyond the arc. You know, so that's that's um, you know what they want from her. Uh, Jalen Bristow has been you know pretty solid. And she's shooting forty percent from the three point line, um, you know, on on fewer attempts, but still scoring about six points and grabbing five rebounds a game. So given good, good effort and and some limited minutes. And then Ariana Jackson, who, uh, you know, they're kind of relying on a lot. Um, you know, she isn't just knowing her and seeing her play. You know, since she was a freshman in high school. You know, she was never going to be a kid who would come in and score 20 points a game, but she was always going to do the little things that, you know, allowed you to win games. Uh, and I think she's been a pretty big part uh, of their success so far, just with her willingness to kind of do anything. You know, she, if, if they win, you know, as, as most kids probably are, but if, if they win and she doesn't even record a statistic, like she's going to be happy about that. Um, and you know, she's playing 22 minutes, scoring five points a game, grabbing a couple rebounds, having you know, three or more assists per game. Um, but it's only turning the ball over one time a game, and she has the ball in her hands quite a bit. Uh, and she's shooting 45% from three, so like, you know, when, when she shoots it, like it's probably going to go in. Um, and so yeah, they've they've taken a very inexperienced group because. Um, Naomi Ardu was the only girl who had played, you know, obviously besides Emily Ryan, who had played at, you know, that level pretty consistently. Uh, and Emily Ryan is not a huge factor this year so far yet. Uh, I would assume that they keep working her in to the end of the season. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically, you know, six freshmen and then, you know, a, a tra- an NAI transfer and a you know, like a, I don't even know what conference Sacramento State's in the whack, maybe. Um, so yeah, they've they've really put themselves in positions to succeed. Um, uh, from watching them this year, they've they've really molded the game plan and what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they're becoming much more post oriented as well now that Audie Crooks is kind of 
more comfortable playing. Um, but I think the ascension of Addie Brown has also been, you know, much better. Addie Brown is way better than I think they expected her to be coming into the year, which has obviously helped quite a bit. Is there uh, anything else you fellas want to touch on on the college side of things before we get into a pretty heavy week on the high school side that, that we got to? I got that. No. We're, we're oh, yeah, for now. We didn't, we didn't even uh, have a pod last week, did we? Yeah, we did. No, we did. We, had we did Tuesday. on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Uh, but that was uh that was the day of Nina Hortonville and Providence and Minnehaha. So oh yeah, that's right. Talk about those games before the pod or on the pod. So got plenty to plenty to recap from from that. And uh, Eric, do you want to start off? You've been rather quiet for for a little while. I'm sure there's a whole lot of thoughts you have on Providence and Minnehaha. So I feel like I should game. I should give the floor to you. Actually, yeah. Well, yeah. So Providence Minnehaha, the rivalry game. Always is there's always something as we saw last year. We had Madden score 60 and Addy score 45, and they all went damn near both went over 200 points as a team as a combined for teams. So we knew it was going to be something. What we knew that wasn't going to be there is that we're going to be in a dungeon with no phone service. So I apologize to anyone who thought they were going to follow me for live updates. I was no help to you because I my phone service said SOS. So I apologize. Um, fantastic game. Um, we'll start with, I don't know if we told Mason this, how the entire game I sat next to uh, Maryland's head coach and assistant coach the day before they wouldn't beat the Gophers. Um, I would also like to inform people that Madden Greenway and Beckett Greenway are sisters, in fact, related. So when the last name's the same and it's not a very common last name, odds are they're related. Just saying. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um... I'm I'm trying to say how to say, say this. I was very surprised with the performance of Angel Hill. I keep wanting to say Angel Reese. Angel Hill, <laughs> who scored 33 points and had seven threes. And to be honest, it was probably the best I have ever seen her play basketball. There wasn't there wasn't unnecessary physicality it was she was excellent from the three she was playing good defense taking good shots Addie, you know scoring 29 um you know madden the microwave the magician the magnificent the man greenway was doing what she does scoring at will dropping dimes left right and sideways um but the play of the game it was pretty back and forth i think pro i think late with maybe two and a half minutes, Minnehaha ran off like a 9-0 run to take a three-point lead at 79-76, and it was getting a little tense in the arena. Um, but then Providence kind of just pulled but pulled back, pulled back, pulled back, and then I think when it had to be like six, no, 16 seconds, I think. Uh, Madden drove the baseline, kicked it out to Miss Emma Milliburn, who stepped up and hit the game-winning three. Shout out, Miss Emma Milliburn. You used to call her the defensive dynamo. we got to come up with something now because she's an offensive threat and weapon and probably the second-best scorer for them. Maybe maybe Ari's maybe the second-best, but Emma's definitely someone they rely on for points, defense, production. She took her chance. She took her fair share of um, possessions of trying to guard Addie Mack, which is not easy for anyone. So that was a big win. Um, I think that was... Minnehaha's second in a row, but then they turned, came back and beat Winona in overtime this weekend. Providence <laughs> turned around and faced a Stillwater team and had a much tougher game than it looked like it was originally going to be. But shout out Madden Greenway again for just showing up, showing out, and that team showing up and then winning. 
And this week, we finally get to it. We have heard about it. Brady has heard about it. We've all talked, well, we've heard about it whenever you bring up the name of or ever bring up Foria basketball. The late conference kicks off this week. So not a late conference game, but tonight I will be at St. Michael Albertville hosting Maple Grove. That should be a good one. St. Michael's still trying to stay undefeated. And I think I told Brady before the pod started, Minnetonka, you, you, you're you undefeated and you have a challenging week coming at you. Minnetonka will take on Wyzetta tomorrow. And they're at St. Michael Alberville for a possible one versus two and both undefeated on Friday. I will be at that one. And Friday, Saturday, they have De La Salle. Hopkins, I think they have like Edina tomorrow. So they, they, they're, they're, uh, they're like conference starts a little bit slower. They don't really hit the big three, but they ramp up pretty quick with a week of, I think the following week it's at Wyveta at St. Michael have another game in there somewhere. And then I think at Minnetonka. So Maple Grove, maybe no, I, I should know that, but we get the late conference. We're finally gonna get some answers. We're finally gonna, you know, who's one of the late conference, Eric, huh? Who's one in it? Who's one of the late conference? God, I almost want to say St. Michael because I love Jaquela and Lanky Janky. Uh, don't pick with your heart. Pick with your brain. I have to pick with one of my safety. <laughs> Too close to call. I'll, I'll go ahead and say uh, <laughs> I'm uh, pissed off What enough. a fence oh, And also one of the biggest storylines in Minnesota, and I'm very happy to report it. Uh, Olivia Olsen is back. She, in her first game back, she led them to victory over Jordan, scored 30 points, and scored her 2,000th career point. So shout out to Olivia Olsen. Welcome back. We missed you. We are very happy to see you back. And go Benilde St. Margaret's. Is that, is, that, is that what you got from, from last week? Anything else you want to you wanna touch up before I before I go into a little soliloquy about my my last week? I don't think I have anything else to talk about. I don't think, there's not, right. There well, wasn't I'll, I'll... as many big time games, so. Well, I will uh, start off with my Tuesday last week. Um, if, you know, people around the Midwest don't know, Hortonville and Nina cannot end a game in normal fashion. It always has to go down to the wire. It has to have some crazy performances in there. And, uh, you know, last Tuesday was no different. Um, the only difference was it was a new Nina High School, which meant a new gym for the game to be played in. Uh, one of the nicest gyms that I've, I've ever stepped foot in in Wisconsin um so that was really fun um and you know the, the kid who starred the whole night was was rainy wilson um i i don't really think i've seen anything quite like what she did um so just to to be abundantly clear i mean she scored 35 points she shot 12 for 26 from the field um but in the entire game Hortonville had two assists and both of them were Rainey's. Um, so all of her 35 points came unassisted. Um, all of her, all of her points came basically with her creating with the ball in her hands and Nina just did not have the personnel um, capable of slowing her down. And it was kind of incredible because from start to finish, it just seemed like she got wherever she wanted, whenever she wanted. Um, so she played 40 and also the game went to overtime. Um, so that was also fun. Um, so you have Nina Hortonville going to overtime again around the new year's, just like they did last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, their offense Hortonville, it, it felt pretty much like rainy create some off the dribble. If she misses it, Michaela get the rebound who had 15 on the night and uh, Michaela put it back up and, you know, keep repeating until the ball goes in the basket is kind of what it felt. It's kind of what it felt like. I mean, you had uh, uh, Callie Pepler, Carden Pepler, Emmy Fain all had three points and Paige Lilly had uh 
had a three-pointer and, you know, a, a layup and a free throw. Like, that's the extent of what the offense was other than Rainey and Michaela that night, and that was enough to win, which is kind of incredible because then you still have Ali Isabel on the other side going 24-7-7. Seven, and seven. Um, You still had kids like Ellie Buss and Rome Klesman making a couple threes on the night. And, you know, like overall, it was just like a really good back-and-forth battle. Like, it's always been. Um, But I feel like Rainey kind of cemented kind of where she is kind of in the pack order of things in Wisconsin um, because this is the second time that she's gone um, to play Nina in a high profile game and had 35 or more last year in the sectional final game she had 43 and you know sent Horton to go to the to the state tournament for the first time in like three four years and you know she's been one of the best kids in Wisconsin and uh, I think she's starting to turn that corner into being like one of the more elite kids in the country not that she wasn't already like a top 100 kid in the country but still getting better and better and uh yeah. So all in all, like Nina Hortonville, if you know you're in the Fox Valley area or have the time to go up to the Fox Valley area uh, on February 9th at uh, Hortonville, I highly recommend could I highly recommend it because that gym will be incredibly um, packed and it'll be very loud and it'll be very intense like it always is, especially when it gets to Hortonville. Um, but then, you know, the day after that, I got to go to my alma mater and uh, Catholic Memorial. Um, so uh, to see Arrowhead and Catholic Memorial, both those teams were undefeated going into that game in, in classic gate play. So a lot on the line, you know, controlling your own destiny in the conference. Um, Arrowhead was a, you know, overwhelming favorite. They have an incredible group with led by Natalie Cuso. You have Presley Sams, Libby Gilmore, um, Abby Robel, who's a really good classic eight kid. And then you have Erica Bubb, who whenever I see her, she seems to just have like 16 points, just make everything she throws up at the basket. Um, but Catholic Memorial stuck with them for a while. Um, Jenna Walsh played really well. She had 20 points at the end of the game there. Um, but, you know, Arrowhead was a little bit too much for them, and they ended up kind of running away with it late. Um, they could have probably won by 30, but, you know, Catholic Memorial just kept making, you know, a couple shots at the end, kept it under 20. Um, so, yeah, they'll be an interesting team to watch in Division Three in Wisconsin. They were undefeated going into that game, and that was the first time they've really been pushed by a team who's legitimately better than they are and they didn't really fold um so they'll be an interesting team to see in d3 and and arrowhead's still one of the best teams in, in division one so um not a whole lot to to take from that other than these two teams are pretty much going to be some of the best teams in their division um then uh you know go, head over to thursday I, I got to see milwaukee academy of science for the first time this year um and they are super young this year. Um, they have they start a freshman. They bring another one off the bench. They have a lot of kids who just don't have a ton of uh, varsity experience yet. Um, they do have a kid who, if she could put it all together, she's like a 6'2", 6'3", wing. Um, her name's Faith Trotter. She played for, uh, I believe, TML Splashers a couple of years ago. I hadn't seen her in a couple of years, but um, if if she puts it all together, she's going to be um, quite quite the prospect. Um, but you know, twenty twenty five times kind of ticking on her a little bit, but. You know, definitely has all the tools to be that. Um, also, um, Shay Kelly um, is fantastic as always. Uh, if anyone knows me, they know how big of a fan I am of Shay Kelly and her game. Um, she finished with a triple-double in that game. I believe it was 14, 13, and 10, I believe is what she ended with, and didn't count steals, but she was probably close to a, a quadruple-double, if not having a quadruple-double. But um, So shout-out to shout out to Shay for, you know, being very good at basketball like she always is. And then to wrap up my week, I went to New Glarus to see uh, Maryville commit um, Lindsay Shadowalt and uh, one of the top freshmen in the in the state in Avalon Albrecht and uh, in a Capital Conference crossover game. And uh, Lindsay Shadowalt did not disappoint. She had her career high in points, scoring 40 in, in that one. She pretty much did whatever she wanted all game long. And that's why she is as good as she is and averaging like 28 points per game coming into that game. And obviously scoring 40 is only going to pick that up a little bit. Um, so she's outstanding. Um, and, uh, 
point out had a really, really good first half and thought Avalon did some positive things. So um, yeah, that's pretty much my week. Um, a lot of really ridiculous performances mixed in there and super excited to get back out tonight, going to uh, Verona Beaver Dam um, where you'll have South Dakota commit Gabby Wilkie and, you know, that group coming to, uh, or I, I should say staying home and playing Taylor Stremlow, Reagan Briggs and, and that whole crew. So hopefully that'll be, that'll be a fun one up in, up in Beaver Dam, but that was uh, my week. So uh, Mason, you got anything for the, for the good people or. I I think that might be enough. Nope, I'm here. I'm back from the oh. dead. AKA oh. welcome back. Myself. Um yeah, so I do uh, just a little bit. I'm not gonna talk too long. Um but just to start with Iowa real quick. Um so I remember a couple weeks ago we talked about how good the CIML was. Um uh, and I had said that everyone would kind of beat up on each other. Um, they still kind of are, uh, besides Johnson, who's 12 and 0. Um, but I went through, um, each team and just tried to see who, uh, you know, they played out of conference and then, you know, just looking at the entire CIML, what their record combined against non conference opponents was, uh, and 35 and 10. Um, so, you know, you have, Urbandale, who's sitting at two and nine, but they're zero and eight against conference opponents, and and two and one against outside of you know non conference opponents. So even though they're two and nine, you know they have to play Johnson, Dowling, Waukee, Ankeny, Ankeny, Centennial Valley, Southeast Polk, who are all of those teams are probably top ten teams in the state, and so Urbandale has to play those teams. But then the moment they go out of conference. Like they are a solid, competitive, good team. Um, so there's only out of the um, nine teams in conference, seven of them are by above 500, uh, and six of them have opponents winning percentage above 60%. So, like, they're playing very good teams, um, and you know, really competing well, uh, even though they're kind of beaten up on each other. Uh, for example, I remember we had talked about how I wasn't sure what Valley was quite yet um, because they had just lost to Southeast Polk by 30 points. Uh, well, they just ended up last week losing to Ankeny by five and Waukee by uh, nine. And it doesn't get any easier for them because they play <laughs> – Dowling Catholic this week, and they pay Waukee Northwest this week. Um, and so, you know, I think once again, you know, if you throw out last year, I think again, the CIML is going to have a state champion. Uh, and and I think it's, it's pretty easy and safe to say that they have seven teams in their conference that are in the top 10, um, you know, of the, of the state in 5A. Um, if you look at the 5A rankings right now, uh, four of the top five teams are CIML teams, and then six of the top eight are CIML teams. And then also in there, you have Davenport North, who's been pretty good this year, even though they're 8-2 and two at number two. And then Pleasant Valley is 7-3 and three at number seven. So they're obviously not as good as they were last year. Um, but like, it's not like their losses have been bad. They've lost to Ankeny Centennial. Mm -hmm. They've lost to Davenport North. 
and they've lost to Dowling Catholic, and they've pretty much pretty easily handled everyone else they've played this year. Um, and then at nine and ten, you have Cedar Falls and Prairie, who are, you know, pretty good, but obviously not on the same level as the CIML teams. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in there, uh, just kind of how crazy that conference has been this season so far. Uh, and then bouncing to my week, um, I actually don't even remember where I was at last week. Um, you were in I Illinois at some point. I know that. I was, yeah, I knew that, but like the you first part of the week, I don't even remember where I went. So <laughs> I don't know if, did I go to any games? I had to have. Uh, but yeah, so this Friday and Saturday, or no, no, I don't think I did go because I went to the Purdue game on Tuesday night. So I don't think I did go because Mondays in Indiana's are like non-existent in terms of basketball and Wednesdays are very minimal. So I think I went to Purdue on Tuesday and then I was in Illinois Thursday, Friday. Uh, yeah. So on Thursday, Friday, I went over to Illinois, went up to Chicago uh, for the grow the game showcase, which is put together um, full referee crews of women no no guy referees and then only teams that were invited were um teams with women head coaches as well so it was kind of a unique showcase uh in that aspect but uh it obviously takes away quite a few of the um you know the better teams in the area however it was still pretty good um it it was Five games, I think, on Thursday, and then I saw six on Friday, and then Saturday I I was not in attendance, although the game of the weekend was the Notre Dame-Alton game, which I believe Notre Dame won by five or six points. I think it was like 59-54 or maybe 69-64, something like that. Um, but Alton I've seen now three times. Uh, and on Friday, they played Whitney Young, who has Destiny Jackson, one of the better players, um, you know, in the country. And Alton ended up winning that game by one point. Um, so I knew that that game the next day was going to be pretty good. Uh, but I was not surprised that Notre Dame won. Um, but for me, um, just some quick standouts from the 11 games that I saw. Um, I thought Sayla Klein from New Trier uh, played really well. Uh, she's like a 5'11 guard who's a Division three recruit, um, NAI-type kid. But I thought that she ran the offense pretty well. She can shoot it. She's got a really solid frame, um, a strong lower base that allows her to finish through contact at the rim. Um, you know, I was really impressed with her for the first time seeing her. Um, I heard some good things, and I think that she, um, you know, kind of, answered all the questions that I had and everything that I had heard about her came true um, with how she played. Um, they they did end up losing by like 25 points to Glenbard West, but Glenbard West is extremely good. And, um, you know, once they get running in transition, it's, it's really tough to stop. Um, Libertyville also on Saturday played extremely well. It didn't seem like they missed a shot in the first half, literally. I think they had 40, it was like 49 to 17 at half. And every shot they took was a wide open three and they made everything. It wasn't that they played like, obviously they were up by 30 plus points, but it wasn't like they just like dominated. They just made every shot they looked at. 
Um, uh, they probably made 10 or 11 threes in that first half. Uh, but Emily Fisher, or not Emily Fisher, Lily Fisher, who is Emily Fisher's uh, sister, who's a freshman now, um, and Emily is at Maryland. Uh, Lily is a little taller than Emily, um, you know, more of a guard-oriented type kid, but sees the floor really well, can shoot it, you know, can get to the rim. Uh, I have no doubt she's going to be, you know, another Division One, you know, prospect in that family. Um, you know, how high is she going to go? I'm not sure yet, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she turns into another high major kid, um, but is a little bit, like I said, guard-oriented than Emily was. Um, and then Avery Maddox, I thought, played well, too. Uh, she's a 6'2 forward, um, you know, struggled finishing at the rim a little bit here and there, but uh, you can just kind of tell in flashes that, you know, she's just going to be a really solid forward. Um, you know, she's a 2026 and she's already six, two and, and pretty strong uh, and, and can even get stronger, which I think will help her finishing at the rim. Um, but those two, you know, really stood out pretty quickly. Uh, Emma O'Brien from lions. I saw her last week uh, at the Morton college tournament. Or I guess two weeks ago at the Morton tournament. Um, she played very well again. Uh, unfortunately, Nora Ezeke was not there once again because she's still visiting family in Nigeria. So it was a little bit less of a game than would have been expected since you know one of the top players in Illinois isn't here. Um, but Emma O'Brien played well again. Um, smooth kid, you know, can really shoot the ball, uh, you know, does a lot for her team. Uh, and then Stevenson continues to kind of win games. They're 15 and three now. Um, you know, they're not overly talented. Uh, Emory Clapp might be the best rebounder in the state who's going to DePaul. Um, but they just keep in, they just keep winning games somehow. Um, you know, they're, they're good. They're not like that good. Um, but they kind of rolled over, uh, in the nightcap on on Thursday. So there were there were some you know it wasn't I would say it wasn't the best set of games, but there were some prospects on each team. There weren't any great games besides that one point Alton Whitney Young game that I saw, but um it was it was good to get up there and see, you know, multitude of division three and AIA D two type kids. So um, if I would have stayed for Saturday, I would have had a lot more to talk about because that was the best day. But unfortunately, I had uh, Colts Texans tickets because I'm a Texans fan, and uh, I had tickets to the game on Saturday. So, go football. Just that <laughs> you don't mean that. Um, also, just a little quick shout out um, for from that Notre Dame game is Gracie Grush became their um, all time program leading scorer. Um, I've, and I forget, and I think Allie LeClaire, like assistant at uh, um, Eastern Illinois, was the previous uh, leader in, in points scored at Notre Dame. So shout out to, to Gracie Grush, who I'm sure Eric's going to complain about for the next four years when she's at Wisconsin, um, because she's going to probably score a good bit and probably make threes. And Eric's going to be like, well, where was this against Minnesota? Or not Minnesota, because it would be against Minnesota. Where was this against <laughs> Rutgers or something? I, I, I can almost like bookmark that. I think I should... I think I should like write down everything that I think Eric would say about future Big Ten commits at some point in their career. And I feel like Eric should owe me five bucks if he ever says those lines. So I feel like that's something I can make good money on. 
If she comes in, uh, once again, I don't complain about Caitlin Clark hitting threes. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. I've Yeah, never, you do. I don't complain about Caitlin. Mm, I expect that. Some Yahoo center who had six coming in for the game. That one, that'll take you off. I feel like you've complained about Caitlin Clark making threes against the against the Gophers before, but I've never, because it's not like she hasn't hit three. Please. That'd be like saying, you oh, know, I don't want Diana Taurasi to make threes. still sounds like you're kind of hurt. I'll lose to a star. I will lose to a star till the cows come home. Yahoo crackers? No. Well, just uh, just just to be clear, like all these kids that you know do well against Minnesota are like power five level kids, right? So they're like by definition pretty good. The center who had three threes in the first quarter came from Towson. I don't think she's exactly power five stardom. Who is I mean, that? she's there now. That cubic. She had six threes total on the season, had three in the first quarter against the Gophers because suddenly Steph Curry entered the building. What team does she play for, though? I mean, Maryland. Maryland. Oh. Hmm. Same, you know, the same Maryland who went, uh, I think it was about three for 16 against Nebraska from three. But I ain't bitter. He still he still got that hate in his heart. Listen, he still hates people who like played well against Minnesota, like probably like 10 years ago. He probably still remembers kids who did well that he thinks I, probably shouldn't have. I met Katie Gerald and Gerald. Well, she used to lose to McCarvel back in the day because but she would play against the Gophers and do well. I met Katie Gerald at the Big I, Ten tournament two years ago. The last one that was in Indiana. Last time you got yoke, is that what you're saying? Don't remind me that place. I'm so <laughs> I, I love that. I want to. I want the Big Ten tournament the hell out of Minnesota. I want to go back to Indiana so bad for Yoke. Just you have Big Ten basketball and Yoke. Sign me the f up. Oh, um, just to just to say something kind of funny here, um, the Ali Kubik girl, uh, at Towson, her last year she was there. She made over one per game, so it's not like she can't shoot threes. This year she had six total and her season high with one per game with one. Oh, I'm not I'm not disputing that, but I was like annoyed. It shouldn't, it shouldn't come as a surprise though that she made three threes because she made like 35 of them her last year at Towson. I told Brady it was a real roller coaster because she shot five in the first quarter and two were air balls and three were makes. I'm like, there was not hey, a happy man. medium anywhere. You don't want to hit rim. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing but net or nothing but air you know in between exactly i mean she didn't hit rim or she didn't hit backboard on the two that airballed she overshot those suckers but once again i love you mara Braun. keep fighting sophie <laughs> keep doing it but but oh you also God. can't be mad not to get back on the soapbox you, you also can't be mad even though she made three threes you can't be mad about a nine point loss to maryland or especially one, on. especially one that you know they play a little bit better offensively, and they could probably win that game. It's not like they couldn't have won that game. It's like it was, you know, well, a blowout. Especially last year when the final was one hundred and seven to eighty-five. Yeah, defense might be a little bit better this year. <laughs> a little bit might be a touch better. You don't have to. You don't have to win games ninety. You don't have to eke out wins at ninety-seven, ninety-five anymore. The we ain't done walk yet. out with a win. We're not done yet. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I mean they didn't do it against Purdue. They only they won with a normal score. They didn't have to score like they didn't have to like outscore the other team scoring like ninety four points. They got to at least you know I, get some just, stops in there. That was just Drake. That's just 
Silver lining, well, you know, you you've handed Purdue their only Big Ten loss this year. Otherwise, they'd be tied for first. That's only because that there was a roof leak at Maryland yesterday that got rescheduled to next Sunday. We didn't have to bring that point up. Oh <laughs> <laughs> God! Oh well. Is Kubik there what, what else do we got? Kubik was raining so many threes. Else. She brought she let brought literally brought rain down in her own arena. Oh, come on. Come Wouldn't on. it suck to just like get in there, literally have the team social media accounts like tweet out your starters and have a full arena or, you know, as full as it's going to be for a women's game there and just call it after <laughs> like an hour delay? Especially when they have to go back and like play next. They're going to go back one week from that date. They both are, they just announced it the 14th next Sunday when they're redoing it. Yeah, they I, should. Um, I mean, they they should have had to forfeit it. <laughs> I agree. I think they. I think Maryland should have had to forfeit. I agree. It's your own arena's fault. No, right. Like totally though. Like if if you have to delay, cancel, well, postpone a game, like you you should just forfeit the game if it's like even if it was, you know, Iowa playing it, you know, Northwestern, and that happened. Like I would have. No matter who it was, I would have thought the same thing. Um, because they've done that in the men's, they did it on the men's side last year. Um, there was a oh, I man, wonder I if what, tiebreaker, I they probably need something for the tiebreaker. Like, yeah, if those two teams are tied in the standings, oh, it's God. the only two, <laughs> it's the only two time that they play, it's the only time they play, they only play once. Yeah, well, if they tie in the standings, then <laughs> Purdue is gonna really have a great conference, <laughs> or Maryland's gonna be really bad. Well, Imagine, imagine the guy, imagine, imagine the guy that walked in that day, and or whoever it was that walked in that day and just found that leak. Like, is that like what? What kind of like reaction? Like, that has to be like a guttural response. It's like, oh shit! Like, this is going to be like a horrible day, right? Now we're going to climb gotta up there. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I probably would if like, I would have seen it. I would have been like, well, this is not good. Yeah, <laughs> like no one's there overnight, and you're just like, oh yeah, let's just go get the let's go get the arena ready for for a game today. Then you just walk in, there's just like a literal like fountain, basically coming from the coming from the roof. It's like, oh man, this is not going to be good today. Yeah. Also, like they like Maryland would have to pay for like all the expenses for like Purdue to come back, right? Like that would have to be like part of the deal. Like it would have to be, right? I would assume. Yeah. Or the, big, or the so. big or the Big Ten conference just eats it. No, they can't because like if if I want to know how all that stuff works in the first place. Maybe like the schools pay their own way there because they have the money to do it. But like, there's no way they're like, well, we're paying to go back again in like a week because like you couldn't keep your arena in order, right? Yeah, right. Brenda. Listen, Brenda's still trying to figure out that Madden and Beckett are related. So I thought that was the assistant. Yeah, Mason, you haven't heard that story. We're on recording. We'll say it out loud. The assistant turned to me <laughs> and looked at me and said, "Is that seventh grader good?" And I'm like, I literally because I assumed it was so obvious. I'm like. What seventh grader? Shake this one. I'm like, I'm like little Greenway. And she's like, oh, they're related. I'm like, yeah. I'm like one and thirty are related. I'm like same last well, name and everything. To, to be fair, to be fair, like if I would see them stand next to each other, I, I I did say this when Eric told me the story that I was like, you know what? If I saw them standing next to each other, I probably wouldn't assume that they're related because like Madden's like a good like five inches taller than her and they look nothing alike physically so like i i grant them that the other <laughs> problem was, would you she had a program in her hand 
Would you think they're related if you knew both of their last names were not a very like common last name? Like if they were Smith, I could understand her like not assuming it. When the program that she had in her hand both had them listed as Greenway, I'm confused. Like that's why I told her uh-huh. what seventh. That's why I said what seventh grader. When she's like, "Is that seventh grader good?" There's only one seventh grader playing, but I was like, "What seventh grader?" She, I'm like, I assume she knew. She would say like, "Little Greenway, Bucket Greenway." Oh God, yeah, I don't think she's gonna call her Bucket Greenway. I think that might just be reserved for you, Eric. <laughs> After that crossover, she might. Oh God, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric being a shill for Providence Academy will never end. He will always, he will always be a Providence Academy guy till the day he does. They both love me. Minnehaha and Providence loved me that day. He didn't say he wasn't. I just want that to be abundantly <laughs> clear. I just said that he was a Providence Academy guy. He did not say he wasn't. So I just I love want you to think equally. Uh, they're all sure. They're all sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Whatever you want else to believe. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Uh, also, Perfect. um, the last last thing I have that just came out, Drew Bualda just got named the Horizon League Freshman of the Week again. Mm-hmm. Um, who's uh, she's from Randolph, Wisconsin. She's playing at Milwaukee. So, just want to give a quick shout out to Jory Bualda. Big Bird? Um, no, oh, that's man. Vanessa Bickford. <laughs> For yeah, no, Jory Bualda's uh got named Freshman of the Week. So shout out to yeah, poor Vanessa Bickford. <laughs> poor Vanessa. Um, yeah, so just shout out to to Jory and. Uh, and shout out Milwaukee for getting a getting a win down at Northern Kentucky. To hey, hey, Big Bird. The skip they've been on. Stop. <laughs> Stop calling Vanessa Bigford Big Bird. <laughs> That's so funny. Stop. Oh man. Um, hey, Brady, I have a question for you. Uh, I don't know. It's, um, a, it's a serious question. A serious question. It's that, a that serious question. Like it can't be serious. No, it's totally serious, but don't laugh when I ask it because it's okay, like so it doesn't thing. sound serious. <laughs> no, no, no. It no, it is. It literally <laughs> is a serious question. But don't laugh when I ask it because this is very okay, serious. Gonna, let me let me mute myself just in case. No, no, no. You don't have to mute yourself. Well, just in case I laugh. Well, if I if I well that means you can't tell if I laughed or not, you know? Well, I can see you. Yeah, but it, we don't post the video. Yeah, but then I would just say, "Oh, he just laughed." Well, you're gonna, you can say that regardless, even if I don't laugh. Just ask the okay, question. Sure. Okay, uh, <laughs> where's where's Butternut at? Uh, Butternut is in northwestern Wisconsin. It is uh, it is in the deep. Uh, Eric's gonna laugh. <laughs> Eric's gonna laugh. Um, he definitely wants to. I can see it in his face. But yeah, no, it's a smaller <laughs> community in northwestern Wisconsin. Um, yeah, they are. Isn't that, that a squash? Is a no, it's a city in Wisconsin. <laughs> Isn't there a butternut squash? Uh, I think maybe. So. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I believe they're in the the Northern Lights Conference, which is like the tiny schools up in like the northwest corner of Wisconsin. Squash. Or the so, yeah, I think that's where they're from. Gotcha. Why did okay. you just come across that? Uh, some some kid from uh, Butternut scored forty three points on Saturday. Oh. Um. If you, if you told me the name, I'd probably remember because I've looked at that conference every now and again because uh, South Shore has a couple kids that have been pretty solid the past couple of years. So, Jersey pull and check. Mm, that name does sound familiar. Well, she just scored forty three points. You, so. should, you should see the uh, the uh, you should go to like an NFHS stream for them. They have some interesting stuff going on in their gym. 
I, I don't really want to know. <laughs> You're missing out. That's all I'll say. But anyway, that's that. That is where Butternut is in uh, Northwest Wisconsin. I've never brought that up, but I do remember seeing that, seeing that name and thinking, "Wow, that is an incredible name for a city." Like I don't know if Eric could walk around seriously if he were actually from there, and like actually like be able to tell people where he's from with a straight face. How would you think, Quash? <laughs> no, I don't think anyone would. I don't think anyone <laughs> would figure it out. But okay. Um, anyway, um, is there anything else that, that we got going on here before we call it quits today? Go Gophers. Go, go Gophers, huh? <laughs> go Gophers. That's that's what Eric says. Anyway, um, I feel like that's a good spot to end it, talking about Butternut, Wisconsin. But uh, so yeah, I guess uh, thank you for listening to episode 4-0. Um, I believe we had a joke saying this was our uh, mid, mid-pod life crisis, right? Is that what mm-hmm. this is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what this is. So um thank you for listening, listening through. And uh hopefully you join us next week when hopefully we have our stuff figured out. <laughs> hey hey, Reggie Miller.